just did a podcast yesterday we released yesterday but we got to be back we're back again under circumstances we don't want to be back for uh, to inform you if you haven't already heard that canelo versus golovkin will not be happening canelo alvarez today withdraws from his may 5th fight with gennady golovkin and uh wow um well all signs pointed to the fight not happening it's actually happening. And there's so many ways we could go. I think most people know the details of this. So if you don't, there were two drug tests that um, Canelo failed, tested positive for clenbuterol. And um, so they did an investigation. They had a hearing, but they canceled the hearing um, because they wanted to do a disciplinary hearing where they would determine if it was going to be a six-month or a one-year ban. And Canelo's come out today and says, I've withdrawn from the fight. Now, does that mean he's still going to get punished? Probably not. Or pro- yes, it probably does mean he's still getting punished. Um, but the, the, the first question I have, Paul, you're back on, is was this the right move for Canelo? Hey, Angelo. Yeah, thanks for having me back on the podcast. From Canelo's perspective, yeah, I think it had to be the right move to probably get out in front of whatever's going to come from the investigation. I think it's, it's pretty clear that a lot of boxing insiders already assumed the fight was going to be off, the venue were giving refunds, uh, all that sort of thing. So from inside boxing, it's definitely seemed like the fight wasn't going to happen. And it kind of seems like he's jumped ahead of some sort of news, um, tried to, you know, get ahead of the game of something if, if the commission is going to come out and suspend him for a while. That's what it looks a little bit like to me. Do you think it'll work? Uh, well, if he takes a six-month suspension, which he he could do, you know, he's pulled out of this fight. He's not. He wasn't going to fight within another six months anyway. So yeah, I imagine that they will probably schedule the Golovkin rematch in uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah, it's very likely that if the one-year ban, and I think there's a minimum that he should be banned for one year by the commission, um, and I think by withdrawing and then uh, making a good case for himself, he could get that reduced to six months, which would allow him to fight Golovkin again in September. I want to read some tweets from Lance Pugmire, who's live tweeting from the press conference. And uh, he said that a Mexican doctor tries to say that there were not many public alerts in Mexico about clenbuterol. The substance is still used by ranchers there, he says. Um, any response to that? Um, I think it's just such a gray area. I mean, we know that a couple of fighters have tested positive in the past for clenbuterol. We know that other sports organizations, the NFL, advise their players if they're ever in Mexico not to eat meat, not to eat beef especially. And I think that's the underlying problem with the whole Canelo testing positive saga is that everyone has a view on whether boxers are cheating and whether there is drugs taking in the sport. And a lot of fighters have been caught in the past, but this is such a gray area, this Mexican tainted meat uh, situation. In almost every fire that's happened to, it's always a very, very tough one for the commissions to come down on. Now, I don't really know what they can do about it. Um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure how you can even sort out the problem, apart from just telling fighters that they cannot eat beef in Mexico, and if they get caught, they're going to get suspended. I mean, there's really very little a commission can hard do it's, with it's, something like this. It's weird because 
if you think about it, like, so the doctor comes out, he says that they don't make announcements that we use a specific thing in cows and they don't do that in the UK, do they? No, absolutely not. We don't have any problems with... Well, I mean, even if it wasn't clenbuterol, but like, it's not publicly made available. Like, hey, we give our cows this substance. And especially they don't do these public alerts because um, whatever's the Mexican version of the FDA over there, they're not supposed to put clenbuterol in cows. So... Yeah, 100%. They wouldn't advertise that, would they? No, and, and and but the ranchers don't use it naturally, and there's no way to know. So like, if if you're just being objective, you, I, and Canelo, we all could conceivably go over there and then take a test and fail because tacos are awesome. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I could, we could go to Mexico tomorrow, go get get a nice bit of street tacos, and and we could pop for clenbuterol the next day, which is. Why this situation is so difficult. I think if it had been any other type of drug, especially things that were nothing to do with meat, if it had been testosterone oh, or something or like that. Or stanzolol or something. Yeah, but because, yeah. and you, you said this last time, which was um, very interesting, uh, was that there was a built-in excuse. Yeah, and I think... Because it's, there's a precedent in the past of fighters testing positive for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if you are in Mexico and you have these warnings about clenbuterol, and I think there's a couple of other ones that they, they sometimes are warned for in me. If you were going to cheat, and I'm not saying that Canelo has definitely cheated, there's evidence that he may not have, but it's such a gray area. If you were going to cheat and take something which you shouldn't be taking, surely you'd take something which he has a built-in excuse. We've seen Mexican fighters in the past. Luis Neri is probably the most recent example. Right. Test positive for clenbuterol and get away with it because of the tainted meat situation. So well, if you're going to cheat, cheat with something that you have an excuse for already. I just want to point out something in your language, the way you say that. And this is just really trying to be rigorous with how we speak. But you say he's the most recent guy who tested positive for clenbuterol and got away with it. Um, as if, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but the way you're saying it, there's, it, it sounds like there's a background of you think he's guilty of doing something that was probably malicious. I just believe that professional fighters are responsible for what they put in their mouths. You know, they, they are responsible for what goes into their body, be it the meat they eat or these sort of protein shakes we've seen in the past, the heavyweights in Britain, uh, Dillian White, for an example, he took a, a pre-workout supplement, which then turned out to have banned substances in, things like that. I, I just believe as a professional fighter, it is your job or someone on your team, but at the end of the day, the buck stops with you, is your job to know what is going into your body. And you could say that's, that's tough, especially with meat. You, you can't test meat. But I'm sure that you can find higher quality suppliers or things like that, or just you know don't have a tackle off the truck once in a while. Well, but what about when you're not training? What about when you're not... Um, when you don't have like, you're not even close to your training camp. What about when you're just enjoying your vacation? I mean, you say that, but every fighter is always relatively close to a training camp. We know these days training camps are so much longer than they've been in the past. I mean, Canelo's for the Golovkin rematch was almost, what, three months long, the training camp? Right. But... And if at any point you're going to be able to get an advantage from drugs or anything during that training camp, you have to be so careful about what you put in your body. I'm, the counter to that is like, I'm not a professional fighter and I'm not a professional athlete, period. But 
what I do know is that it's tough to watch what I eat. I don't have to watch what I eat usually because, you know, I'm like a regular average size person. And uh, it's really hard for me to like, oh, well, I, I, I shouldn't drink a Coke right now, but I drink it anyway. Like just, and yes, he's a professional fighter and that's his, his job and he gets paid millions of dollars to do that. But on vacation, I, I, not that I'm just saying he's like, I'm absolving him of anything, but I can get it that it's difficult. Oh no, absolutely. 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 Okay. Yeah. You go through, you go through life and you know, there's times where you say, fuck it, I'm going to go have a taco. And I think that happens to everyone. And if that's happened to Canelo and he's tested positive, then man, that sucks. I mean, what but if he was in a high end restaurant and he, got, and that's where it happened? I mean, you'd hope that a high end restaurant, you know, has higher quality beef that they're hoping doesn't have this sort of stuff in but you know for all we know that's what happened and if that's the case then he's so very unlucky it's just the coincidence that it you know it happens to be in the run-up to the biggest fight of his career the biggest fight in boxing this year probably yep. um and that it, it's ruined that for boxing fans i think that's the shame here is we've come off sort of a big high we've had heavyweights uh, over the past couple of weeks it's been great fun the fights may be less so, but I, I think it's been a good couple of weeks for boxing. But then you get this, this sort of really jarring news for fans where a fight that I think everyone in boxing and it, people who aren't in boxing were really looking forward to. And it's been called off because of this. This is such a, if it was an injury, you can understand it. It's still annoying, but it's very understandable. But this, this is something that really grates, I think. Yeah, this is something you would expect in the UFC, but not in boxing. At the top <laughs> level in boxing, we've figured this out. So this is pretty much um, really just kind of like a rare thing. Now let's move on because I want to get to Canelo's statement. And this is the first of a couple I'll read. But um, And I'm going to paraphrase from Lance Pugmire's, or no, I'm not going to paraphrase. I'm going to read from his, his uh, Twitter, which is, I, I'm guessing, a paraphrase of what Canelo said. Uh, so we said, this is from Canelo. I am sad and feel powerless that this fight cannot happen now. I have nothing to hide. I want to be transparent. I will do whatever I need to do to demonstrate I have never knowingly taken this substance. I have always operated as a clean fighter. I have always taken clean substances. I respect the sport unconditionally and would never do anything to tarnish something I have given so many sacrifices for. It saddens me that people are accusing me of, being, of doing something improper. From here on out, I will take increased precautions to ensure this will never happen again. Your thoughts? I mean, what do, what do you want him to say, I think, is, is, is the problem here. If he's innocent, he's going to say this. And if he's guilty, he's going to come out and say this. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the classic statement after you've been caught in something like this, be it intentional or not. It's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everyone around me. This is a, I give so much to the sport. Huge sacrifice. But we've heard it a hundred times before from a bunch of other people. Sometimes it was true and sometimes it wasn't. So I think I'm going to take anything that Golden Boy or Canelo says with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But at the end of the day, he hasn't been proven to have cheated. I think that the levels seem to be, from what doctors I've seen from doctors, seem to be kind of consistent with food contamination. So you just can't speak too much to what Canelo is saying. You know, he's definitely going to have a viewpoint. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's just it's boxing that's really going to suffer from this. I think Canelo... Even if he's innocent, even if it comes out and he's not suspended or anything, he's going to have a tarnished reputation for a long time. This is, um, you're right. This is a really big blow for boxing because 
AJ Wilder's probably not going to happen for a while. No. It, it definitely needs to now. Like, if there's anything that could really change or get everybody's attention off of this, it's that fight getting signed. Yeah, and I agree. With Floyd essentially gone, like, the ball's in Canelo's court. This guy is the number one fighter in boxing. And for him to now on this biggest stage test positive and then have to withdraw from the fight is whether it was on purpose, whether he was actually trying to gain an advantage or not, it doesn't matter. Because when have facts ever influenced anything on social media? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever happens, even if Canelo is found absolutely innocent and they can trace all of it back and everything like that he's still going to have a black mark against his name on social media we know we know the sort of thing that happens on social media where facts aren't entirely necessary for people to form arguments and i think sure. it, it's really going to hurt his legacy in the long run i think and i think it really hurts golovkin's legacy as well especially if canelo is suspended for a year and they don't make that end of september fight golovkin's going to have been out the ring a very long time we know he's only going to get older at this point he's what is he, 36 now, going 37, and he's clearly slowing down. Yep. Yeah, he's fought a better caliber of opponent recently, which you're always going to look a little bit worse against, but he's quite clearly not the absolute mauling monster he was earlier in his career. So I think it really hurts him as well, both from a legacy standpoint and I assume probably financially, unless there's some sort of thing in the contract that says he's going to be reimbursed for the missed fight, but I doubt it. I highly doubt that. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, like Golovkin is getting older for sure, and his power doesn't seem to be as uh, exaggerated or impactful as it once was. But mm. like, if you think about it, for yourself personally, like when you have this idea that you're going to get a bunch of money, you start making plans. You start to imagine what's next. What's what are you going to do with that money? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think obviously gone. Tom Loeffler, I think, is I, I saw a tweet earlier. He's been looking at other opponents and things like that. But obviously, none of them are going to come anywhere near what Canelo brought to the table or anything like that, especially legacy wise. I think Billy Joe Saunders has been mentioned. He would become undisputed. But it looks like Saunders is coming off an injury. So that doesn't look like that would be able to happen either. So, yeah, Golovkin, this is this is a tough break for him as well, you know. This is definitely going to hurt his stock. And then if, if the fight still happens in September, that's another six months on his already pretty well-run clock. I mean, how... So Canelo has... He's also said that he does want to fight Golovkin next if, if he's cleared. Um, hmm. But that only serves to benefit him. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If he's clean, this is probably the... the, the it, like, this is worse for Golovkin to have to fight Canelo six months later than to fight him now with Canelo, possibly gaining a marginal advantage um, by using clenbuterol. Like, I really think that that's going to be more damaging, the time. One more fight. One more Yeah, I completely camp. agree. I completely agree. I at this end of your career, it's not just the fights that's starting to take, you know, a really bad toll on your body. It's these huge training camps. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's got a wife, he's got kids. I think he missed the birth of his son and the build-up to the last fight. Things in life are really starting to sort of overshadow boxing for you. And this hurts him incredibly badly. And I agree with you. If Canelo is cleared, if he's innocent, then the real loser of this is Golovkin. Because Canelo's got a lot more time in his career to have big marquee fights. But if we're realistic, 
this is going to be Golovkin's defining fight. And adding another six months to that, it's it, it doesn't look good for him. Yeah, and uh, the, the, the options, we'll get to Golovkin's options a little later, but just to touch on it now, the options, there's some of the, some of the options that um, Golovkin could face. Um, is it worth getting in the ring again? Like, is it worth getting in the ring with Spike O'Sullivan? Is well, the training said, camp and the grind worth that? He said he wants the fight. He, uh, he wants a fight on, on the 5th. Um, and I think the team is still going to go ahead with that. Obviously, they've got venue and everything, but they probably right. don't want to lose a fair amount of money, which I imagine they would if they cancelled everything. Um, but yeah, I, so I, I don't think he's going to take a very tough fight. Um, I don't think it would be wise for him to do so. I'd lo- I, I really want to see him in a tough fight, but from his viewpoint, he probably wants an easier fight so he doesn't have to train as hard, doesn't have to put his body through the punishment so he's fresher for September, if, if, if you agree with me. I mean, ideally, he would just wouldn't fight Canelo. But mm. the, the the financial situation here and the fact that Canelo is the biggest draw in boxing, positive test or not, um, doesn't does it, it it gives Canelo or sorry, not Canelo, but Golovkin no leverage in this situation, and he has to fight Canelo like unless he's fine with what he's earned thus far in the sport, or he wants to fight three more years against guys who aren't that good. So he could make what he would have made in one more fight with Canelo, and that would mm. be—I mean—that would be the ultimate punishment. And if it was, if Canelo was in Glovkin's position, I'd be saying that like the thing to do: don't fight him. Like that's your punishment. That we're we're just not going to fight because you you want to test positive. Now again, we don't know if this is like blatant cheating or not. It legitimately could be meat contamination. You know, sometimes. People are, are actually ignorant. Yeah. And that could just be Canelo in this situation. Now, moving on to the next tweet, uh, Lance Pugmire, he tweeted out that he asked Canelo if Golden Boy advised him not to eat beef. And Eric Gomez said that he didn't advise. And he also said it's unfortunate that this happened, I'm assuming. Um, Canelo didn't answer the question. And Gomez says that... Um, I guess in regards to like the two previous violations of somebody who tested positive for clenbuterol and um, still got got to fight, those vi- those um, test results were not violations, which is kind of odd. But anyway, um, I, I think the whole like the the conversation of like were were you told not to eat beef is kind of silly. Mm. No, I agree. I, I I don't think you can really say. It's your fault because someone may have said don't eat beef and, and you've done so. Um, but just slightly going back onto what you said about sort of Golovkin saying, actually, I'm not going to take the fight. The issue there is Canelo is a, a much bigger star than Golovkin. This is, you know, if Golovkin, especially if this is his last or second to last fight, you want that big che- paycheck before you retire. And yeah, you know, you can get idealistic and say I don't want to fight him this is your punishment but it's just not going to happen at the end of the day boxing is still a business and there's so much money to be made from the fight which is why I I never thought it'd be cancelled in the first place I I have to say up until only sort of the last week or so when the rumors have really really sprung up that it was going to be cancelled I assumed that it was such a huge money maker they would never have cancelled it right I'm with you I thought that there was too much money too much at stake for both guys for the sport, for them to cancel this fight. Yeah, the absolutely. first fight was a massive success. Why not go right back to the well 
and bring it out again. Mm. Um, <laughs> they, I'm just looking at which tweets we want to uh, kind of take a look at here. Canelo addressed um, Golovkin and his team's criticism. And if you haven't been following, they've been criticizing almost daily um, coming out with uh, um, new material on Canelo. And specifically about that, Canelo said, what Golovkin or his team say does not bother me at all. They're not experts or doctors. Um, I think that's a fair statement. If you're Canelo and, um, I mean, first of all, we just have to look. Do you believe him? Do you think that he unknowingly um, basically had this substance put into his body, either by eating a taco or, well, whatever, beef, or um, it was actually used in, um, I guess, a cheating sort of way? Uh, it, see, that's such a tough question because of how it's come up. You know, if, you'd, if it had been any other fighter on, on another sort of drug, I would have said, yeah, they're, they're doping 100%. But with Canelo, it is pretty pretty hard to sort of tell. I mean, I slightly thought that he just about lost the first fight, but it was very close. And a box of his skill, I think he, he would have had the adjustments and the time to have taken the second one. So if he needed to cheat, I don't think he needed to. Whether he did, uh, it, it doesn't look good. From an outside standpoint, it doesn't look good for him. Um... And as to what sort of Golovkin and his team are saying, I think you're always going to get that. That's just a little bit of mind games from Abel Sanchez, just sort of having a dig at Canelo, trying to get him out of the mindset if the fight had gone ahead on the fifth, it, you know, tried to put more things into his head rather than focus on training. Um, and Canelo is right. Yeah, they're, they're not doctors and experts, but I think they're probably, it is probably bothering what he's saying. I mean, recently, if you follow Canelo on Instagram, you've probably seen he's disabled his... Uh, comments on his Instagram pictures because it was just filled with people sort of calling him drug sheets. So I think this is clearly affecting him mentally as well. Do you think that him turning off the comments was a response to basically, I don't want to hear these people calling me a cheater anymore because I'm not? It could be either. I mean, even if it's true or not, I, I doubt you want 100,000 comments spammed emojis of a needle on your Instagram photos <laughs> over and over. I mean, but, uh, I would, but it'd be a different emoji. Yeah, that's true. But um, no, I think it's just such a tough one because this Mexican beef, I don't know enough about it scientifically. Other fighters have gone up, got off on it. Other fighters have, uh, have been charged. It's just such a gray area in the sport and it does really need to be cleaned up. Well, I, I think specifically with the statement, which is uh, you know what Golovkin or his team say does not bother me at all. They're not experts or doctors. You can't interpret anything from that statement because if he's innocent, that makes absolute sense. If somebody's going to call you, call you on something, you would definitely say, well, look, you're not an expert. Show me the yeah. facts. If you have proof and evidence that's like scientific, meaning reproducible, mm. on a, like consistently reproducible, then fine. But you can't do that. So this is all your opinion. Now, on the other hand, if you are guilty, I think you would say the same thing. You'd say, well, you're not an expert. Go ahead and prove it. Can you prove it? You can't. So what you say has nothing does not bother me. Like as a justification, because while some people, when they, you know, they do something bad or whatever, they could get sensitive and defensive when being accused of something. But you know, if you if you if you've got this worked out and being like a little villain, 
that's how you'd respond. Yeah, well, I think, I think, especially over the past 10, 15 years, there have been so many fighters and so many and and so many different sports and athletes in all those sports as well who have tested positive. And they've come out with very emotional press conferences, very genuine press conferences, um, sort of really laid their heart and soul out, saying this isn't me, this I'm innocent, all this. And then it's turned out they were guilty as well. So at oh, the end of the day, you would know about this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's happened a lot in Britain, especially it's happened a lot. In America, I mean, look at Lance Armstrong. He, no, you're a Yankees well, fan. Yeah, this is true. I'm a Yankees fan. Those who don't know, I used to live in New York. I'm not a, a plastic fan, as some people would say. We had people <laughs> like Alex Rodriguez coming out. I mean, his whole, his first pre press conference was hugely emotionally crafted. He was crying into the camera, claiming his innocence, all this sort of thing. And he was, he was guilty as you could be. So with these, with these press conferences, you have to take it with such a huge pinch of salt that the fighter is going to do what's best for them and also what they've been told to say. There's going to be a lawyer saying, whatever you do, you don't say this, you don't say this. Say these vague, generic statements about, I respect the sport, I've sacrificed a lot, I believe I'm clean, and, and that's going to be it. So I have a hard time buying anyone in these post-test press conferences. Do, do you think, though, that Canelo's behavior is pretty consistent with how he typically is? I, I would say so. I, I think Canelo, Canelo's reacted how I expected him to react if he tested positive. Um, I don't think he's come out as way too defensive. I think if your opponent has been, you know, slating you on social media for a, a good a good couple of weeks, you're going to be pretty annoyed and say that you, you're not listening to any of his stuff. Um, but I just I just don't enjoy these sort of reading too much into these press conferences because they're always very scripted very sculpted uh -huh. to give an image right and I'd, I'd rather just find out what the commissions have to say well there's a narrative we're trying to be trying to be sold here and what we need to determine is if we should buy it or not mm. well it was the same with when he originally when the original test came out that golden boy released a statement cutting at sort of ahead of the test where they had an excerpt from the from the uh, the letter from Vada and all this sort of stuff, which painted Canelo in a very good light, and that's the image they're really trying to create and trying to craft right now. Even if he's innocent or guilty, they obviously want to show him in the best possible light, and that's another reason why I don't really trust these press conferences at all. Um, Canelo's lawyer says that he's given the commission proof of what Canelo ate and when, and that they will be hearing that when they do the hearing. Um, so I, I don't know what that proves on well, receipts. Do they put, Hey, we use clibuterol meat. Like, sorry, you already ate though. So pay us. Yeah. That's, I think that's a bit of a ridiculous one. I think that's just a little bit of fodder for the commission to sort of have a look at. Cause he can't tell you every single thing that he's eaten. They're not going to have every single ingredient that he's put in his body for the last six weeks. Are they? It's, um, exactly. I think that's a little bit ridiculous, but I, I guess they're just trying to do everything they can to try and prove his innocence. I mean, if you could trace it back to a to a restaurant or something, and then I guess maybe they could go in and test the meat at that restaurant for levels of contamination and things like that. I guess that is plausible, but mm, it's, it's fairly unlikely. If you're going to go to that length to prove innocence, just let the fight happen. Yeah. Seriously, let the fight. That's way too crazy to... To, to go out and do all that stuff. We're going to really go to some obscure restaurant that Canelo ate at. We're going to order the same thing he did. We're gonna Or we're just going to ask, where do you get your cows? Then we're going to travel to the farm. 
We're going to look at what they're giving the, the cows. We're going to ask the butcher or not the butcher, but whatever the, the farmer, the cow farmer, mm. it's probably not the right word, but whatever <laughs> the cowboy. Um, and then he's going to, he's going to say like, oh yeah, yeah, we give him this. And then like, oh yeah, well, so therefore Canelo is not cheating. Well, like they should have did that a long time ago, but if you're going to do that, just let the fight happen. Cause that's pretty extreme. Um, and it's, it's odd, okay? Because if the commission does is willing to accept that, that's just bizarre. Like, we're just going to take word of mouth on this? Like, Yeah, absolutely. I think the commission needs to look strong on this. Um, and whether they do or not, you know, is yet to be seen. But they really need to be looking like they're doing something because this, this is clearly happening a lot now. And I think with Canelo... There is the danger that they try and almost look like they're making an example out of a star fighter in the sport. But at the same time, if they're seen to have given Canelo a break, if they look to have taken easy on him, that's only going to be bad for boxing. You're going to have whatever happens in the next fight, people are going to say Canelo's a drug cheat. They haven't come, they haven't uh, punished him severely enough. Um, and all the, all the sort of bad press that's going to come with that. So we... We basically need the commission to be fair, but this is boxing, so anything could happen. Well, so far, the commission has done pretty well because uh, a couple years ago, they changed their rules, which basically, if you test positive, you do get banned. Mm. And um, they're following through with that. So it's not like Canelo is getting preferential treatment. Um, I, I, so that's good, but it, it kind of like it kind of sucks because in the event that it is contamination, the commission's saying, well, whatever, it's your fault. But I, I, to an extent, I kind of agree with them on that. I, I agree I think, too. But then why waste all this time filing a hearing and and bringing doctors in when you should have said, sorry, you tested positive. We're just like, this is this fight would have been canceled weeks ago. Because I think, I think there's a fair amount of legal ramifications, obviously, that they have to go through, especially with so much money on the line as well. People don't want the fight to be canceled. If Canelo can prove that he didn't take anything, then does he not have the right to... To try and prove his innocence instead of just being immediately branded guilty sort of you don't want to say that he's guilty until proven innocent um but at the same time I, I i agree that if you should be responsible for what you put in your body and if you test positive then you should at least be suspended until it's sorted out which thankfully they've done this time um, um it's on, but it's silly though because why are we listening to doctors and why are the, they taking the doctor's advice here because the doctor says in the press conference, that it was difficult to tell if the clenbuterol levels were lev were tapering off. Essentially, what he's saying is like, if it was a contamination and the levels that were found were consistent with contamination, however, it's difficult to tell if it was tapering off, which means like, you know, when you eat the food, you would have a higher level of clenbuterol in your system. And then as time goes on, it would start to dip away. And it's hard, they're, they're saying that it's difficult to tell about that, which underst I understand, um, especially if you take like the tests at, at specific times, it might be difficult. Or he, you know, went back for seconds. Who knows? Maybe he <laughs> took leftovers and ate some the next morning. I don't know. So it's, uh, but all the doctor stuff is kind of weird because if it's just, you know, strike one, you're out, then what do we need to hear from the, from the doctors for? Is there anything that Canelo could do that would have have had this either turn up basically false positive 
or just basically we're not going to ban you because we we base we're going to give you a, a pass here because this was legitimately just some meat you ate. Yeah, I just think in this situation, as soon as that positive test reads up, even if it's within, yeah, as doctors are saying, even if it's within these limits and things like that, the commission has to take action. Um, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm just reading some more tweets as well that are coming out. And Canelo is saying that now he wants this to be a sort of force for good. He wants athletes in Mexico to now be aware of the clenbuterol problem. He would never intend to test positive, he says, but looking at positives, he wants this to be a force for change, which obviously, once again, is such golden boy spin on the whole right. thing. When you come out of something and you say, I want this to be a force for change, that's not a good look. We had recently uh, the Australian cricket teams, any Americans probably aren't aware of this, but they did some pretty terrible cheating at a very high level. When they were caught in the press conference, what did they say? Oh, we want to be a force for change. It's such a stock response to when you've been caught at something to come out and say, oh, look, I can be a positive out of this. Yeah. So, again, I, I just say I'm very jaded with it, especially this evening. I'm, just, I'm, I'm very disappointed in, in what I thought was going to be a really good month, especially for boxing. That May month was looking absolutely incredible. And having the biggest fight of the year called off on something like this, it just really stings. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that you see in like I guess Hollywood where um a star is struggling with drugs and addiction and they get caught with a a prostitute who they didn't realize was a man but it actually was and then they're just like hey I I I you know I got caught I admit it but I don't want people to fall into the same trap that I've fallen into in my life I was in a dark place etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah exactly. And it's like okay but um this is a diversion because the real subject here is that, um, you know, you did such and such, not what you now want us to know about you. And obviously there's, there, there, it's not like that's not a good thing. Cause again, if Canelo didn't really do it like with any ill will and it was contamination, then fine. Um, and, and th that's all the right things to say, but usually this isn't the time that you say it. But then again, when is the time to say that stuff? Well, I think ideally you never want to say it. You never want to test positive. And there are tons of fighters who throughout their career, a lot of Mexican fighters as well, who never tested positive for clenbuterol or anything like that. But it's just the way that these things are sort of, they come out in the press conferences scripted. They come out as these cliched responses to, oh, I, I never imagined this could happen to me. I'm always a clean fighter. We've heard it. You know, we've heard it a hundred times and a hundred times they've been lying and a hundred times they've been true. It's just, it's just a tough, it's a tough one to take as a boxing fan to see someone with the star power of Canelo, the draw power to boxing that he brought test positive. And it's, it, it's very unhappy as a boxing fan. It's a very unhappy moment. And whatever happens in these press conferences, I think whatever comes out of them just has to be put aside until we see what the commission come out with. And I think that's really the only thing we can do. Uh, the, the one thing that... Do you think it's fair that from now on, basically, Canelo's never going to be seen as clean? Well, I... <sighs> It's, it's the risky run, I think. And I, you could say that in a lot of professional sports. I think mean, you are out there as a person. You're out there on social media. People can sort of say whatever they want to you. Um, but this is something that you need to look after what you put in your body. And 
it may have been unintentional. We just, we don't quite know yet. But yeah, he is going to be called a drug cheat for the rest of his life and all this sort of stuff. And there was going to be a little asterisk under the first and second Triple G fight saying after the fight or before the fight, Canelo tested positive. And obviously, if he's innocent, it's not fair that he's being hounded out on social media. But this is the world we live in. This is the access that people get with fighters and, and stars on social media. Where When you do something wrong, people can just be on your back about it the whole time. And if he has done it wrong, then he probably deserves to get a little bit of a little bit of chat from everyone. But uh, it, it's a it's a tough side to take. Well, here's the counter to that: is that there are plenty of fighters that we talk about and we revere who have tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. That's true. Um, Shane Mosley, Evander Holyfield, Roy Jones. Yeah, a lot have come out who are strongly revered. I mean, Roy Jones. A lot of pe- a lot of people will know almost everything there is to know about Roy Jones and what a wonderful fighter he was, and wonderful in many aspects of his life. Some amazing. less, some some less than others. But a lot of people won't even know that he tested positive. So, do you believe that this is going to affect Canelo's legacy in the long term? Do you believe in twenty years when we're talking about Canelo Alvarez as a a Hall of Fame fighter who fought all these people. Do you believe he's going to be talked about as a drug cheat? Um, no. Depending on how what goes forward, because if let's say like five years from now, Canelo's older, he's clearly slipping, and he turns in this performance where he beats up on some nice young up and coming prospect. Mm. Um, we're gonna be and it's like the guy that. We're, Everyone's annoyed that he's getting so much hype, like some hype job. Yeah. Maybe British. Probably British. And then Canelo destroys him or outboxes him, schools him, whatever. Yeah. And people will look back and be like, wow, that was amazing. And there's so I think there's a real possibility that we look back and it's like, yeah, Canelo had that one incident, but, you know, a lot of people had that, you know, contamination from the meat. Um, History tends to be a lot kinder to fighters over time. Yeah, that's true. Those guys who are real villains of the sport, we don't remember them. Like, how often do you talk about Kelly Pavlik? That's true. Very little. But whereas you talk about a lot of other people who tested positive. How often do you talk about Jermaine Taylor? Well, a lot. I'm I'm British, so Carl (laughs) Froch likes to talk about him a fair amount. Okay. (laughs) But no, I, I, I get your point as well. And... I agree with you. A lot of fighters who tested positive in their career, it's now very much a tiny footnote at the end of a sort of a long article about how good they were. And I think, once again, I'm, I'm going to go back to this point, I think this affects Golovkin's uh, legacy more than Canelo's at the end of the day. And I, that's a shame. Um, it's obviously a, a shame for Golovkin if, if that is the case. Um, and also, you know, where he goes from here. What happens if Canelo is suspended for a year and the September fight is off as well? Well, Golovkin possibly walks into a fight with Canelo next May, a year from now, a little older, a little slower, a little weaker. And if he loses that fight, you know, that's, I'm sure that, that I'm sure that that, I mean, he's going to get a pass too if, if Canelo is the one that ends up beating him. Hmm. 
Um, but it'll, again, be rose-colored glasses, and that's just what we have in boxing is people always look back real fondly and kind of forget about all the the bad things. I mean, people, you know Salito tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs? Yeah, and that you look back on people's careers and you tend to, especially a few years after they've retired, you tend to pick out the best points. And I, I agree that Golovkin is going to come in old and tired of the sport by that point. So if you really want to put your tinfoil hat on, if you want to sit down and say, right, let's have a think about this. Golden Boy marinated the fight for a little while. We can both agree on that, correct? Absolutely. Now... What did you have the first fight scored as? Um, one eighteen to one ten for Canelo. Okay, right. No, it's weird I, because I it says I'm on Mine the phone is, to Adelaide Bird. Is that right? My score is sure. public knowledge. It was one fourteen to one fourteen. We have a draw. Seriously, which is a which is a fair enough scorecard for that fight. But right. and I was there live. Just so and you, know. you were there live. Absolutely. Um, if you're Canelo and you think, oh, actually, that was a pretty tough fight. That was pretty hard. That guy's quite good. Yep. Now he's pretty good. He's he's all right. You know, it's quite hard. Apparently, <laughs> not to Canelo, you know, but go on. Well, not he didn't really get hit by him that much. But if you're Golden Boy and Canelo and you think, right, next fight's in six months. What if Golovkin pressures me the whole fight? Yeah, my gas tank looked a bit bad. Uh, there were some spots where he was clearly having some success. Why don't we marinate it again? Oh, this is stupid. This is a tinfoil hat moment, which obviously I don't believe in anyway. All right. I, I want to add. I, I want to add. Um, I, I hate to interrupt you, but I want to add somebody into this. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna add Fred on, and Fred hasn't been on the podcast in a very long time. Hey, Hi, Paul. Fred. Paul hey. was asking a question. So we're just going to, he, he's going to address it to both of us and then I'll let you go. And then you can just go into whatever, whatever you may want to get over. And then we'll tell you why you're just being a hater. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we were talking about what's happened today and the sort of depressing moment we're in for boxing. And I decided to put on my tin hat for a second and say, if you wanted to marinate this fight any further, okay, because you think that. You know, the first fight was pretty close. You want Canelo to have a clear edge in the second fight. And another six months of Golovkin doing nothing is definitely going to give Canelo that extra edge. And your Is this Oscar. something you would think about? And your Oscar De La Hoya? Is this something you could ever think about? Uh, no. Because there's too much money involved. Like with the MGM and everything, you don't. This isn't like some kind of elaborate plot for them to pull out and let the fights do anymore. And you don't think the, Oscar you know, is that smart? Uh, no, I don't think he's that smart. And I don't think he's that devious. It's you know, Oscar needs money to keep his operation going. You're not gonna because the thing is, if if either way, if uh, Canelo won or he lost, <laughs> they could do a third fight, and they could do it in September. So you're really just losing out in a fight. No, I agree. I was just I was just trying to play a little bit of a devil's advocate with something that was a bit silly. But at the end of the day, we were we were just saying, whose legacy do you think this affects more? <laughs> Nevada State Athletic Commission, I think. <laughs> Why do you say that? Because they've finally um, stuck to what is in their regulation? Yeah, but this is an idiotic regulation. Say more. You know, what's that? Say more about that. 
because the the way almost everybody else would handle this is they declared a no fault, like a no fault uh, violation, and they just let them continue. Because it is, it's really a meaningless test, and it's it's like this whole idea that people got on these steroids are just, it's just uh, stupid. They don't understand them. They think they, they like they think clenbuterol is a, a steroid, and it's not. Like it, what what it does in animals, it doesn't happen in humans. Like humans do not develop uh, muscle tissue from using clenbuterol. It's it's used as a like it's, I said to you in that email. It's used in a treatment of asthma. It opens up your airways. That's why it's prohibited because it can potentially be uh, um, performance enhancing, but it's not proven. Testosterone is really the only proven uh, ped around. Or everything well, I, else, I would say EPO as well. Uh, people Probably not as much in boxing, EPO. but uh, yeah, but EPO is questioned a lot. People are not still uh, there's just still no definitive proof that it actually is a performance enhancing. It's still on the potential. It might because like they see some increases in like VO2 max levels and they say, well, you know, a cyclist can have a better performance on that. But it's it's only for like maybe it's not perfect. Like I said, testosterone is the main one. And that's really everything else they've just spread out to. It can. It might. We're not sure. So you you you've either way just it seems like you just don't care because you think that um, whether it was well. Maybe we should start there. Do you you don't think that this was like malicious in any way? You think that this is pure contamination? Yeah, I think it's pure contamination. The levels show it. You know, they they, they know specifically what the contamination levels are, and this is like this is nowhere near even the upper max of the contamination range. And well, the doctor you know, says that there was no proof that the levels of clenbuterol in his system was tapering off. There's also no proof uh, that it wasn't as well. But he just said it was. There's no proof. Uh, but wasn't the second one lower? Um, Paul? It was, yeah, it was lower. But in the press conference that they said today, he said there was no conclusive proof it was taking off, so take that how you will. Yeah, but conclusive proof, is it's it can mean anything. Like, again, this is like one of those, well, we don't know. And that's, that's pretty much what you get with these uh, contamination things. Like, they can't definitively say anything. But everyone's just jumping to pack the fact that why would he be using clenbuterol 12 weeks before a fight? It just makes no sense. No, I agree. But do you agree with the point that as a professional fighter, especially one of Canelo Alvarez's stature and level in the sport, so much to lose from something like this happening, you are a lot more responsible for what is put in your body, for what you are taking and, and eating? Within reason. Like, why would he consider, like, I think I saw I only say the stupidest thing, that he should be importing his food. Like, fuck it. <laughs> he doesn't order through Amazon Prime. Frank, <laughs> you know, he's going to pay $10,000 to eat a steak. It's, 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 I don't know. It, at some level, yes. But that more applies to, like, supplements. You know, mm. it's not, not real food. If you're eating food, see, because it's, it's more for supplements because supplements fall in that gray area where a lot of supplement companies are purposely uh, putting in steroids. Like, they're tailoring it, as they did to a lot of bodybuilders. There's a lot of companies that will purposely tailor it. So guys can say, well, it was the supplements. Yeah. You know, and so there's a gray area because the position of USADA and like WADA on this is that you don't need supplements. But now we're at the point where it's a food contamination. If he was, if it was a supplement contamination, then okay, yeah, I, I'd say it's more he he did it. He shouldn't have taken the supplement. And so, yeah, whatever. He got to pay a price for it. But when you're talking about food, like, get the fuck out of here. I'm just... <laughs> 
<laughs> like he's supposed to regulate the meat industry in Mexico now if he wants to be a fighter. Well, it like, is regulated. It's just not. Well, everyone's breaking the law. That's the thing. And other exactly. people, well, you should go to organic. Yeah. Well, if if they're lying about using clenbuterol, why would they tell the truth if they label it organic? You know, organic just a made up fucking term too, for the most part. It's uh, yeah. It just it's if if it's from food, it's uh, it's just stupid. It's it's just really just this is dumb. <laughs> I mean, Do you think, I mean, we know that previous Mexican fighters in the past have obviously tested positive as well for clenbuterol, um, Lewis Neri last year. Um, do you not think as a fighter that kind of would stick in your mind? You'd think, oh, actually, another fighter has tested positive for this this thing. They've eaten this meat or whatever. I might be a little more careful, a little more selective with what I'm doing. I understand it's such a hard thing when it's food because, you know, all, for all we know, he's gone out, had a steak and boom, that's it. But do you not think you do have that sort of duty, especially when this amount of money, this sort of legacy is on the line, to do everything you can in 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 respects of of what you're putting in your body? Uh, in reality, no. In like a perfect world, where like <laughs> like like it, it probably doesn't even cross his mind. Yeah. You know, like why would he care about what other fighters do? Like especially with boxers, boxers don't give two shits what other guys do. And they say, well, there's this threat. Yeah, there's a threat for everything. When you go out and you drive your car, do you think, oh, dying? You know, it, it's, it doesn't. Like you could say in a perfect world, oh, he's rich and he's, there's so much money riding on it. He's not thinking about this at all. He's mm-hmm. going out, he's eating food. And that's all it is. You know, like I said, when people want to break it down to these clinical things and they want to just like cut out reality, it's just like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Oh, I saw do you not feel a little... Oh, go on. Angela, you, you, no, you go first. I, I was just going to say, I saw, saw uh, this is like the thing we've seen the most is that people are saying, well, he's rich and makes a ton of money. He should be watching what he eats. He should be eating at fine restaurants who they get their their beef organic and sourced through cage-free, whatever the hell kind of Whole Foods type of meat um, that Tom would eat. That's what Canelo should be eating, right? I. Uh- yeah, but that's a fantasy too, because people think that all these people are checking their their sources and like Whole Foods, especially. A lot of the times, their stuff isn't organic when they say it is. If you look at uh, the sushi market, most of that is uh, what is that the talpia fish when they claim it's tuna. It's like these restaurants. There's no there's no legitimacy behind a lot of these suppliers either. That's another fantasy. People, you got to get reality, you know. And I, well, the the funniest one I think is that they said he should have his own herd of cattle and he should be slaughtering them himself. It's like, <laughs> you know, what the fuck? That's one way. Or other people, or people go, well, he he says he doesn't eat beef, he eats ham and chicken. Well, they use this shit in all livestock. It's all the same. <laughs> if he's eating lamb, there's a chance it could be contaminated. But like I said, that's a, it's like I said on on some level, you could say, oh yes this should exist and he should be responsible but on a reality level like fuck he's living his life he doesn't give two shits he's out there doing his you know handling his business he's he's doing the same thing he's done for pretty much his whole career you know and he's uh, he's been under testing before and never you know never tested positive for anything paul you wanted to say something but i interrupted you um yeah i was just going to mention that do you not think uh, like obviously there's a lot of evidence that's pointing towards the contamination do you not think with the history of doping in sport and the history of how people have lied after they've been caught and things like that, there's a reason to still be a little bit skeptical. Just keep that little sort of that pinch of salt that you want to say, oh, but, you know, it looks like you may have been contaminated food. Okay, that's fine. But just in the back of your mind, do you not think that there's a little bit of suspicion around 
fighters and sportsmen in general in sort of the day and age we live? Uh, not on Clint Buterall. Because here's the thing, too. If he really wanted to use something, like this is the, what are they, they technically call it a beta-2 agonist, which that means increases the airflow and everything. It has some other effect on small tissue. He could get a therapeutic use exemption and say he has uh, exercise-induced asthma, which a lot of Olympians do. And like Nevada, they, they ban retroactive TUEs, or not ban. Prohibiting is a better word because there's always a way around. Ban means you never get around it. Prohibiting is a better term. Because essentially, if he if he really wants to use something that's similar to clenbuterol, he could say that he has uh, exercise-induced asthma, and he could get a prescription and start using the same thing, another drug that does has the same effect. Don't and a lot that's of people do with, that in the UFC? Uh, well, not with that, but aren't I've I think I've seen somewhere that people get a lot that like a lot of therapeutic use exceptions were given out in the UFC, and then they did something which said you couldn't do it anymore. Oh, uh, well, that wasn't, yeah, but that wasn't really therapeutic use. That was when Nevada, and this is what's so funny why Nevada's breaking down this. Nevada allowed them to use testosterone oh. under that whole testosterone replacement therapy. So they essentially let them dope. And they said, well, that was a therapeutic use, but that was a complete uh, misunderstanding and mishandling of WADA's version of therapeutic usage. There's no therapeutic usage for testosterone. There is not. It was just a big uh, fantasy that they pushed for a couple of years. And who pushed it? Well, seeing as the UFC did it, it's, it's make up your own mind on how that got in. So, so I shouldn't respond to those radio commercials advertising um, testosterone boosters. Well, you can if you want to get on steroids. I mean, you yeah. should, Angelo. But if you're a yeah. professional athlete, probably not. Well, I wanted to fight Golovkin this May because uh, the list of opponents, like looking at that, I think I can get on the list. Probably you and Demetrius Andrade probably fight a similar amount, so that that would make sense. <laughs> and your record's probably what Golovkin's looking for to set the record of title offenses too. So. Oh well, I mean, that title's coming back home with me if I got it. <laughs> Especially with my oh, yeah. testosterone exception. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the point about the the drug testing about being skeptical. It, okay, I've I've been around the boxing long enough. I remember when uh, Floyd first brought up drug testing. And all these same writers that now rant and rave about steroids and boxing, they were the same ones who said the steroids weren't in boxing. And now we've gone from, oh, steroids don't exist in boxing, to now everyone's on steroids. And that's why it's a little ridiculous. Yeah. And people discount the testing. Like, uh, they found uh, the clenbuterol contamination was like six, one billionth parts, you know, of his molecule in the system. And people will still say, oh, they can get testosterone by it, though. You know, it just... It, 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 People just, they want to rant and rave and they want to pretend they know something and it's really not. Like, this 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 decision was just stupid to, like, just scuttle this fight. But this is like the NSAC trying to, that's what they do. They either do something stupid and then the reactionary is even more stupid. Like so why, gonna... um, why do you think that they've come down so hard on Canelo then? I mean, he's clearly so popular, huge market appeal. There was so much money to be made from the fight. Why have they then come down so hard in what your view is a pretty bad decision? Uh, because they've looked like idiots before on pretty much every issue that comes before them. And so their reaction, they're, they're a bunch of politicians. Like this isn't, people have a, a really bad view of what the NSAC actually is. It's just an advisory council. Like these are a bunch of career politicians that get appointed to this. And they're mostly looking to either get a nice job that pays like, I don't know, over $100,000 or something a year. Or they're looking to climb the ladder for politics. Like the, the, the uh, 
influence that uh, the political system has on the NSAC is like really belies its uh, name. It, it, it's mostly this is all political. It's always been political. The appointments have been political with players. It's not really a lot of well knowledgeable sports people within it. Like, uh, as I said to Angelo in the email, a perfect one would have been uh, Mayweather's therapeutic use exemption to retroactively grant it to him after the Pacquiao fight. Now, that is a perfectly normal thing. There was no, there was nothing wrong with it. This is a standard procedure. He followed everything guideline. The NSAC released the press, like after the fight, they themselves stated that he was granted a therapeutic use exemption. Then when, uh, what's his name, Hauser wrote that hit piece months later, the NSAC acted shocked that it happened when they released the press release saying, yes, we granted this to him months earlier. So when you want to look for any logic between the NSAC, you're not going to find it. You know, they, they jump around like they were going to ban Nick Diaz for five years for smoking weed. And sure, he was avoiding tests and there's a bit of that, but it was always just weed. <laughs> that's how that's how long like it's they're really reactionary. You know, and that's like people make, except where it counts, like you don't see them uh, improving their judge selection much. But it, it's I don't know. I've got no faith in them really. Oh. Yeah, sure, they're not. They're also they're not getting a lot of money. Like their funding's been cut hard. Like because it's just it's just mostly paying the ass for the state to put on these fights. They like the money coming in, and the state takes most of it. You know, and they leave very little for the the NSAC to work with. It's just. I don't know. What do you think about the MMA community, or at least? from what I've seen from Bloody Elbow, which is a site that I've taken umbrage with in the past because they don't seem to understand how things in the boxing world work, but they will we'll just move on. Um, but they're saying that, and I've seen this before on Twitter, people are saying, well, why did they just test his hair? The uh, hair well, will I reveal he... the thing. And the hair, well, before you go, I'll just say that the oh, hair, the hair um, testing doesn't really work that well when it comes to clenbuterol. And it really determines first on the type of hair color you have. For some reason, that makes a huge difference. And second of all, it's still wildly inconsistent in how you could actually um, determine if this was basically on purpose or not. And uh, but it, it, I, is it because maybe that um, the, the MMA's had more instances and run-ins with having to deal with fighters who test positive? Oh, well, they might say that, yeah, but I think that Ian Kidd, who writes for Bloody Elbow 2, he does a lot of work on this, these steroids and everything, and he's, he, like, he came up with the same point. His hair testing is pretty much is unreliable, and you can't really use it. Specifically, as you said, like if you have different color hair, you're going to get different results. Like You can have people with the same amount. Like If they take the same, same amount of substance, but they have different hair colors, the, the test result will say they took wildly different amounts. And like even that hair testing up here in Canada... They were using it uh, to determine if like parents should keep their kids, and they were getting all these false positives that people were raging alcoholics and stuff. It's 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 not a reliable test at all. It got pushed in because uh, people saw an opportunity and they can make a lot of money, you know, getting state contracts for these things. So what now? Like, what do they do now? Like, <laughs> how? how do... Everyone who paid five thousand bucks refunds their tickets. That's what happens now. No one's gonna. What are they gonna pay five grand to watch Golovkin fight Spike Sullivan? Look, I out. look five grand for Golovkin to knock out Spike Sullivan. That's a bargain. <laughs> are you Tom? Loeffler? People will, people <laughs> will pay ten bucks to get a Spy Sky Sports subscription. There, you know, watch that. Ooh, and are they, like 
Well, as, as you can see, we'll see all those people that said they wanted low-priced boxing now. I bet they're just flocking to ESP and Plus there. Oh, so, yeah, that four ninety nine a month for uh, yeah. Khan versus Phil Greco. Well, that's what the forum said they always wanted, so let's, let's see them step up now. Yeah. But who do you think? Who do you think realistically Golovkin is going to fight then on the fair? Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 not really into boxing as heavy as I used to be. I don't know. I don't think they'll take Andrade. You know, I I don't know. I they they've obviously have someone lined up like like a handshake wink wink deal that hey we're getting we this if this is canceled you're in because fights don't the negotiation doesn't happen. In like one day, you know, there's things you got to work out. Yeah, that's why I think Spike is probably the most likely. He's with Golden Boy, so they've probably already had a slight deal in place in case maybe someone got injured for the fight. Obviously, they probably wouldn't have had this in place in this uh, scenario. Hey, in the but event that Canelo doesn't pass drug tests, we got Spike here. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going to put him in with Lemieux again. <laughs> I would take uh, Lemieux yeah. this time. <laughs> Sure, I guess. Yeah, I guess if, if Sullivan's with Golden Boy, that's probably what they're going to do because Golden Boy's going to want to get some kind of action off this. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think there's going to be any like third parties there. I mean, do they keep mm. it on pay per view? They can't. I, I just don't think they can. I mean, although Golovkin obviously, I mean, has had some uh, very good value pay per views. Dominic Wade is clearly a pay per view star. That wasn't a pay per view. Um, um, was it not a pay per view? No. Thank God. Like, I don't oh think word. anybody would like Golovkin today if that fight with Dominic Wade was on pay-per-view. He's had two pay-per-view was, fights against Lemieux Canelo and Jacobs. And... Oh, three. Lemieux, Jacobs, and um, Canelo. Okay. So, no, it cannot be pay-per-view then. If it, it just cannot be. I mean, unless for some reason they somehow get Saunders in, maybe they would make it pay-per-view, but that's incredibly unlikely on its own. I, it, I don't think it can be pay-per-view in any way. You guys want to know what's crazy? Hmm? Something that's crazy is that this is a huge story, right? But yeah. on the front page of ESPN, it's only listed as a top headline. And the headline, like the main story on ESPN right now, is golf's 40-somethings believe they can hang with young guns at Masters. And it's a picture of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Well, and this sort of ties into that earlier question about legacy. Like within the boxing forums, people are going to like, oh, Canelo, yeah, he's a drug cheat. They're going to be using this against him his whole entire career. But otherwise, most people won't care. Like, do you think any of the Canelo fans really care? They're, they're mostly pissed that they won't be able to see Canelo on like a single de Mayo. They're not going to give two shits about it. It's like his legacy. It's like, who cares? And I think there's something like as Floyd especially knew that. A lot of the legacy talk is nonsense because he, you know, he's been around boxing a long time and he saw how legacy matters. Like within the world of boxing, people might talk shit, but outside the general public, they're not going to care about this. You know, right? It's not and like ESPN shows it. It's not even a major story. Like this should be a major story. This is a major fight. It's a lot of money and it's getting scrapped. You know? Well, we talked earlier yeah. about like um, how will Canelo be remembered? Like, is he basically tainted forever with this test? And I said, and I think we both agreed that that's not the case because Think of all the fighters in the past who've tested positive that are revered today. Yeah, like, uh, as we know, uh, Vander Holyfield, ever since he was in the, the Olympics, people have pretty much known that he was on HGH and he gets into the Hall of Fame. So, you know, he's where? If the, if the writers are supposed to be the ones holding up things, they obviously don't give a shit about that. Yeah. So I, it's it depends. If, if he hate Canelo, 
of course, you're going to use this against him all the time. Yeah, that's but that's pretty much the boxing world. The greater world, I don't know. Like he'll come back if, if he takes it. If he takes a hit now, he'll have time to come back for September fight, and people will talk about it. But no one's really going to give a shit. You know, it's not. It's not going to stop people from showing up. Well, that I mean, that's the question. Does this impact the potential rematch either in September or next May? I think it probably sells more now. You think this. so? Yeah, I reckon it sells more. A little bit of controversy. I mean, gets on some some front pages. Clearly, not on ESPN, but gets on some front pages somewhere. You get a little bit more spice. There's a little bit more stuff in the build-up. There'll be a bit more niggle between the two camps. I think it, it'll probably add to niggle is a uh, an English <laughs> word for um, banter. Sort of people trying shit to each other. Okay, okay, just just checking. Just yeah, feel, feel like I should uh, clarify that word. Um, yeah. It, it, there's going to be more stuff between camps and all that sort. I, I believe this probably sells the fight a little bit more in the end of the day. Do you agree with that? And uh, well, yeah, but it's tough. I, I thought the fight would have been a bit bigger, not much bigger, but I think it was like 1.3 million or something. They said it sold. So I believe that's right. It, it's not going to shoot it up higher. I, I think it'll go. I think they well they maximize seat value. Like you're not going to get any higher prices out of this than what they got, and that's pretty good. Like. What a thirty million dollar gate they were they got last the first fight. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was about that. So, yeah, so so there, I think you'll get more attention. Yeah, a bit more, but not. I, I don't think it'll hurt it. You know, I, I don't think this will hurt it really. Um, but, Dan Dan Rayfield tweeted out that it's canceled with like ten exclamation points, and then he later tweeted that where are all those folks who swore that Canelo Golovkin two would never be canceled because there was too money too much money at stake. Yoho, um, do you guys have a response to those two tweets? Uh, I mean, what do you want us to say? Uh, Dan is a boxing journalist. He um, is very emotional about the sport and likes to be, like anyone does, likes to be right. I think he said a couple of weeks ago that he thought he cancelled, so clearly he feels uh, justified in that. Yeah, that's a good but point. I, I mean... I think there was there was an opinion that there was so much money at stake that it wouldn't be cancelled. I didn't think that he that Canelo would be suspended for uh, for the test, but mm, I can see why Dan is is kicking off on Twitter a little bit. I, I can see that, but uh, at the end of the day, kind of just sucks for everyone in boxing, really. Yeah, it's a, well, it's fifty fifty. It's either cancelled or it's not. I don't know. They're taking any great pride if you know in that, but that you know Dan's pretty much a troll, so. <laughs> Um, I, I think that you're right in saying that, yeah, there's just some justification that maybe, you know, people were talking trash to him. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of a dumb response, don't you think? Because, like, this is the sport you cover. And this is a little damaging in the short term for the sport. Why would you cheer for this? For anyone that that's, wanted it but, to be canceled. But that's the way Dan's always been. Like, why did he hate on Showtime for so many years as a boxing writer? Um, and then he started to kiss her ass when they actually, you know, when HBO dropped all their uh, guest appearance fees and everything. You know, it's, it's it's boxing writers aren't exactly invested in promoting the sport. They're basically trying to promote whoever's paying them the most money on the side. So. Or giving him the most access or all that stuff, you know. There's yeah. A, there's some yeah, type of compensation. Yeah, there always is. There's who's like who, the best who food? treats it better. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> as I said, that was the best point of all this is like, you got this whole list of boxing writers who, and if you've been to the media room, so you know what they look like, they're all sitting there talking about how 
Canelo's like he should be watching what he eats. Like I said, there's a good point to reality. Well, take a look at the mirror, guys. Like <laughs> there, there's a reality. They all know they should be eating better. None of them do it. Like right. just because Canelo has a lot of money, it doesn't mean he's any different than any anybody else. Like he doesn't give two shits about if the food's contaminated or not. Yeah, I was mentioning that earlier. Like for myself, and I think both of us or all three of us could see ourselves in that situation where we have been in situations maybe almost daily where we're like, uh, should I really eat this? And then you do it anyway. Maybe once every now and then you don't, but for the most part, I think we all confront that all the time. Like, tell me I'm wrong. You can't. Exactly. Well, that, that's my, that's, that's, well, I was just saying, I just wanted to see if Paul wanted to say something there. But that was my point. It's like, sure, like in a, in a perfect world, Canelo should be sitting there monitoring everything because there's so much money on the line. But in reality, like, he's not thinking about that at all. Because, like I said, they, like, the the point they're really trying to say, I've seen from a lot of coverage, is he shouldn't be Mexican. Like, oh, he knows there's a contamination thing. Well, there's contamination issues in the U.S. You know, millions of people get food sickness every year. Does anyone think about that when they go out and buy food at a restaurant? No, no one gives a shit. You what know? do you think about the fact that the Nevada State Athletic Commission allowed Mayweather-McGregor to happen, and then they're not allowing this fight to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that says a fair amount about the Nevada State Athletic Commission, to be honest. Um, well, uh, although you, you say that, but Canelo has pulled out before they have said that the fight can't happen. I mean, his suspension wasn't over the fight date itself. So uh, that, that's a really good point because they haven't done anything. This has all been Canelo pulling out of the fight. But you have to assume that he's doing that because he knows the suspension is coming. That will cancel the fight, right? Yeah, I mean, he's doing what Golden Boy did at the start of the first release of the information, which was get ahead of it, which is something I think anyone in PR would tell you to do in, you know, the beat of the night. They want you just to immediately get out there, get ahead of the information, put out your own story, and boom, you know, you're going to get a lot more of the courage that way, and it's going to be in a more positive light. But, yeah, you know, once again, the Nevada State Commission, they allowed Mayweather McGregor, which obviously most people knew was a joke, um, and then they've come down very hard on Canelo for this. So say what you will about them. I think our friend here is a bit more of an expert than me, but and I think he's uh, probably in a, of an equal mind that they're, they're not of uh, the most intelligent disposition. Yeah, well, I'd say it's not just Nevada. Like if you look at New York uh, with the UFC that's happening this week, uh, the fighter got injured. So they replaced a headliner from a lower weight division. And sure, mm -hmm. the guy, he cuts high. But he hasn't been training. He's come off an ankle injury. Whoa, he hasn't been training? Days, no, he's, 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 he has an ankle injury. Yeah, Holloway's oh been injured, hasn't he? Yeah, oh and he's God. come off. And he's even said a couple of weeks ago that, oh, he, he might need surgery on it. Oh, And wow. six days notice, he hasn't been training. He's probably going to do a 30-pound weight cut, which even uh, George Lockhart says is going to be the biggest weight cut he's ever done for an athlete. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, go ahead. And this is the same commission that, you know, paid out $23 million to that boxer because he got brain damaged. <laughs> so, like, I'll, I'll dump on Nevada because I think this this is just a dumb thing. And, like, Canelo did. Like, it's obviously that it's not they checked with the commission and see what the ruling was going to be. They were going to suspend him. It wasn't like, oh, he'd show up on the April 18th and they'd go, okay, no fault. Like, if they, if they filed the paperwork, if they filed a formal complaint, they're going to suspend him either way. So he's just getting it over with. So Golden Boy, probably they're going to try to get Spike O'Sullivan or one of their fighters in there and try to salvage what they can, you know, get it over with. It's, but yeah, it, it's, it's all commissions. And it's not just like we dump a lot on the U.S. ones because 
that's where the biggest fights usually happen. But the British board, whatever they got there, British Boxing Council or something. Yeah, yeah, the board of control. Don't worry, they yeah. sometimes make some absolutely moronic decisions. So yeah, like what was going on with Tyson Fury? It was like all this oh, delayed fight, steroid trial, and then one day these go, okay, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was issue. that was a crazy case where eventually through him threatening to sue them, they said it's over. But only but he then still took a two year retroactive ban. It was it was some crazy stuff. I mean, and let's let's not so forget, little transparent. Let's not forget that they just sanctioned David Price, who's been knocked out what three or four times already, to fight Alexander Povetkin, who was tested positive multiple times, and then Povetkin, I don't think did any drug testing for this fight. Do you know of any <laughs> drug testing, like real drug testing? I don't know whether Povetkin did drug testing for this fight. Uh, all I know is that when that when Povetkin got wobbled, all right, there was a, there was a, a part of me that thought this is it. The dream has come true. David Price will no longer be a boxing meme, and you know we can move on with our lives. But that that didn't quite happen. But yeah, that, there were a lot of people who said that fight was very dangerous for even being sanctioned. David Price has obviously come off some really bad losses, but that happens that happens in every commission and. Obviously, not just Britain, not just the US. Commissions all around the world go either with politics or with money, and there's not a huge amount you can do about that. Yeah, it's it, and that's it. And the nature of it's always it's it's not like it's an ongoing thing in reality. Like it's not like the, they're not like league controls. They're just like a fight comes up, they license it, and then they go to the next one. It's like, these these commissions aren't really like active active committees. Like there's not like I said, there's not a lot of money in them, especially in the U.S. now because a lot of their funding's been cut, and it's just they're bad. But that's pretty much the fault of the states, you know. It's because the states aren't giving them any money to operate like they should be, really. And there's also there's not a lot of money in the like anything besides big boxing matches. You know, that's pretty much if you break even, you're lucky. So there's there's not a lot of money, despite all the glamour and big fights. There's not a lot of money in these commissions. Or in the sport itself, you know. I mean, so I think I think people expect a they expect a little too much out of what they should be doing, but I'm still going to dump on them because this is stupid. So. Okay, so <laughs> Paul and I have no life, and we just like talk to people about boxing most of the day. Very true. Okay, yep. and we're going to run into a particular type of fan. Paul, what do you think the typical casual fan is going to have to say about this? I mean, the typical casual fan is going to say that Canelo is a filthy drug cheat and that his I, he can't believe this and that Golovkin is truly proven as the best fighter of all time now. Well, I don't know about that part, but you were you were doing so well. Um, but my, yeah. my, inner, my inner Triple G stand got ahead of me. That's sorry. <laughs> but they're going to say something along the lines of like Canelo knew what he was doing. He was cheating and he sh- or he should have been watching what, you know, he's eating or whatever. You, you get where we're going with this, right? This was absolutely the right move. They, they pulled out of the fight because they knew that they were going to be suspended, as they rightfully should be. Um, how do we respond to that? Oh, do you want me to give an answer? Well, I'd yeah. agree with Paul. That's how people are going to spin it. But here's, again, the thing with the like steroids. People just – now they – before they ignored it and they pretend they didn't happen, now they have completely irrational expectations of what it really is. Like they want to constantly say, oh, if you use steroids and it gives you an advantage. Within the, the, the training camp period – if a guy doesn't test positive for steroids, then it really doesn't matter if he was doing them beforehand. And people try to disagree with that or not, but they aren't. As soon as you stop using uh, synthetic testosterone, you're going to lose the gains you made with it. Because otherwise, people would do steroids once and they never have to do them again. But you can't see like it, it, 
I think like the testing works within the thing. If it's not testosterone, then I really don't give a shit. Or amphetamines, maybe. But clenbuterol 12 weeks beforehand, it's a non-issue. But people are going to rant and rave, and they're going to say they have all these angles, and they know this, and they know that, and it would have you know created Canelo into a Superman or something. It's all bullshit. You know, look at look at look at bodybuilders, especially those guys are constantly jacking up on steroids. They do cycles because they lose the gains. If they, if they get off them, they lose all the gains. You know, because your body will go back eventually to a normal production of testosterone, which cannot support that increased muscle mass. And if you do enough steroids, then you damage it, and you can't even achieve the levels you had before. Now there are studies that people push out say, well, in mice we've observed it, but my studies are useless. You see, if you see any of these drug research things using mice or animals, they're useless because they don't transmit to humans. It's just like clenbuterol, the effects in cattle, and the effects in other livestock, they don't transfer to humans. And that's what tests have shown. Here's my my other thing, okay? Sorry to interrupt you, but um, I know you have to go, and I want to get get this question to you. So some people will point to the fact that Canelo withdrew from WBC testing at one point in the past, and yeah. that is part of an admission of guilt. No, he withdrew from WBC testing because he hated the WBC because they were trying to force him to do things, and he doesn't give a shit about him. He's bigger than WBC. You know that that was a whole pissing match over who controls it. He was showing them that he has fans no matter what. You know, because WBC is trying to align themselves and successfully as being the belt for Mexicans. You know, they were they were trying to control his career. And that's what that whole thing was. But again, of course, you know, boxing fans misinterpreted that, too, because they mostly are like they talk like 10 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should leave it at there. Any final words for you guys, Paul? Uh, no, nothing, nothing major. I'm just going to pray for a, an actual live opponent on, uh, on May 5th and hope that Golovkin irons them out. And I'm, I'm not wasting, you know, 10 hours staying up in the middle of the night for something that's going to be absolute crap. Rank your top three opponents that you would like to see Golovkin face. And you got to take into Ooh. consideration that the Canelo fight is on the horizon. So you, you, I, I don't want you to be like, well, he should move up and fight Badu Jack first. So I would say the number one would be Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, become undisputed, you know, that'd be a huge fight. Billy Joe Saunders coming off a great performance. That's clearly the number one fight that people would want. Um, and then probably number two would be Charlo. I think that would be an amazing fight. Charlo, although, you know, there's, there'd be way too many politics in making that fight this quickly, and he wouldn't take it at this short notice. And then possibly someone like... Uh, maybe Derevachenko, I think, would actually be a really fun fight. Not necessarily on, like, two huge names. I think the styles would be amazing just for an absolute war. So those would be my top three, I reckon. Um, I don't think Derevachenko is competitive. Um, interesting you didn't say Andrade. I don't think Andrade. I just I just don't rate Andrade. I, what, what can I say? Something buyer would say. Uh, ignore that. Mm-hmm. Ignore that. That's an inside joke that I shouldn't be telling. Um and then, Fred, any last words for you? Uh, you can send all the hate mail to Angelo because I'm not on the forums anymore. So I'll just tell you that. <laughs> I will do anyway. Don't worry. I will forward it. <laughs> yeah. I'll forward uh, it. Billy Joe Saunders is probably in a bar right now. So, you know, he's not going to fight. He literally posted um, a, a porno clip or retweeted a porno clip earlier on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, this is not a joke. Go on his Twitter. I was looking okay. after the, the announcement on Twitter and I'm just like scrolling through the thing and I look at a, a picture and I'm like, um whoa like did dan Raphael uh retweet something again 
And then I look at who said it, and it was Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, I, I don't know who they're going to fight. Andrade, I, I don't know, like maybe like five years ago when he showed promise, but but that's a career that just, I don't know where that went off the rails. But he wouldn't, I don't think he'd be a really good match anyway, because when even when he looked good, he was a bit too timid. He and didn't look chinny. like he had a lot of power. Yeah, and chinny. But like, like he, he was slick and he looked nice, but there wasn't a lot of power there. And I think Golovkin would just walk him over. Charlo, mm-hmm. neither one of these guys are going near this. Like, I think they might be relieved at some point because it just means they could push off a Charlo fight for another year or two. Because Charlo's got to take them out both. They're both done to Charlo. The truth you, has arrived. You think yeah. the Charlos will take out Golovkin? Yeah. You think Spence? I think the one in the middleweight. I know uh, you love Spence. Uh, Spence is too small. Spence is, I think. Thank you. Thank you for but, being realistic. No, well, yeah, but, well, come on. He's like, that's two divisions yet. He's not even up light middleweight, you know? And I think, in the, well, by the time he gets the middleweight, well, G- well the G- Lomachenko fans ex- accept that. <laughs> yeah. I know you love Lomachenko too, so I, I'm. I would. Uh, they, I, I respect you. him. I think he's great. Well, he's yeah, but he's limited too by size, you know. Right, but his opponents aren't. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay to beat Rigando. Uh, man, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you asked for it. It's nice to have you back. Um, you know, you 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 just disappeared from the scene. I'm sure we could, the- we could just quiz you on like your quick thoughts on things. Um, you know, Paul was at the Joshua Park Parker fight this last weekend, and we wanted to bring uh, him on to just think? talk about it. Well, we should do that. What did you? Th- How was it? Just give us your review. Um, the the atmosphere was insane. It of was what like you nothing remember. I've ever really, really been. How, you know, I'm I, I remember everything about the fight. How, what, what are you talking about? Your messages um, in the in the chat were a little um, worris- worrisome. Just very excited. Yeah, a lot of adrenaline running through my system for the fight. You know, that was mainly it. But uh, the yeah, the, the the atmosphere was absolutely insane. Um, sort of having 80,000 people on an indoor stadium, just, it it was incredible. Obviously, the fight didn't exactly live up to what people hoped it would. I thought Joshua boxed maturely. I thought he just stayed behind his jab. He didn't take any risks whatsoever. Um, I think he knows that he's got a lot to lose now. Um, And he doesn't want to lose it to Joseph Parker. (laughs) So it was a safe fight from him, but it was an amazing event. It was an amazing night to go. Not, I'm putting on my match from FC hat here. (laughs) It was was really, really fun to be there. Um, As a boxing fan, occasionally, I wanted to cry when the people next to me didn't actually know who Joshua was fighting. I thought that was an interesting reflection on the sort of people who were there. But it it was an amazing night to be. Um, Did either of you guys change your opinion of how a Wilder and Joshua fight plays out? No, uh, I might give a bit more edge to Wilder, you but, know. But what, if Joshua, like, sure, Joshua fought a safe fight, but uh, neither guy looked like they really wanted to do anything in that fight. They, they both looked like they just wanted to go home at the <laughs> end of the day, you know, without without cutting themselves or hurting a hand or anything. It, it's it's like sure, it, it was like a. I wouldn't say impressive performance, but I guess if he wanted to show he could go 12, but even that was, he wasn't really pushed. So that you don't really learn anything by that. I think it just, it, it doesn't, I, like I said, I, I think it, it just gives Wilder a bit better view of the fight in my eyes. Cause Wilder can like, he's so awkward. <laughs> you don't know if he's going to get knocked out or if he's going to knock the other guy out. And Joseph Parker isn't the type of fighter to prepare you for the kind of nuttiness that uh, Wilder brings in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, 
Like you really need, if you're looking to, for that showdown, you're really going to want to fight some oddball. Like a, a Fury fight would have been good, but you know that's Tyson Fury's crazy, because because Fury can just he he messes with guys. Like like what he did to Klitschko. Klitschko was completely baffled, and that's he's been around forever, and he just didn't know what to do against Fury. Well, I I think that's because Fury was really won the mental game, um, in that one. I don't necessarily think that was because he was so much more skilled. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, sure, he won the mental game, he won the talking game, but th- that's Klitschko. He's, he's been around for 20 years. It's like, yeah, but look who he's fighting. He was fighting over. Alex Leopai and, and Francisco Pianetta <laughs> and Marius Walk. Yeah. And come on. Klitschko yeah, hadn't had a real point. a real opponent in how long? But, but uh, yeah, that's true. But I'm, I'm saying, like, as, as far as preparing for Wilder, a guy like Parker is going to. I don't think that fight showed us anything. I don't think you can really prepare for Wilder. I think at the end of the day, AJ's either going to go in and literally just put on a clinic and do what every other opponent has done to Wilder except actually do it for 12 rounds, or Wilder is going to land that just absolute bazooka of a right, and that's going to be it. That and is that, a good that's point. what makes it so fun. That is a good point. I think yeah. the moral of, of this, the takeaway is you cannot prepare for Wilder. Just, just pre- be prepared to box. But does that mean you beat Wilder or you have an a- excellent game plan? In theory, but I, I, I would say that about three other of Wilder's opponents have had pretty good game plans, and they executed them almost perfectly, and they just made a mistake. Um, mm. Spilka was beating him on the cards, or at least in my mind. Yeah, he was. He was beating him. Ortiz was beating him, and how did that turn out for them? Wake him up first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, he fights a complete fight. That's the thing. Is like it, You're not really going to... If you go on trying to point fight him, eh, it's going to be tough because you got to take those chances to get those game plans going. Like Ortiz had to put himself in there in the line of fire to be effective. And that's the problem. Like Wilder, he can hit like a mule, obviously. And that's why Parker didn't do anything because he refused to put himself in that position and it ended up being just a horrible fight. Mm. But uh, yeah, there was. Oh, sorry to cut you off again. It's okay. Go ahead. You know. I haven't been around forever, so I know. But and you're that was being the thing all Canadian, Parker. like apologizing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Parker had he had openings, and that was the weirdest thing about the fight. He had openings. He had places where he could have done something, and then he just didn't. You yeah. know, it, it just like there was there was the things like I said, AJ. He looked good. He was boxing, but Parker could have done something in that fight, and he just looked like he wasn't very interested in trying. Well. He can't do that. Or Well, I think Joshua is going to have to be perfect against Wilder. But let me get you guys out of here. Thank you both for jumping in. This was like an impromptu, like, we have to do something because this is perhaps the biggest story in boxing of the year. Uh, yeah. And Fred, is nice to have you back on. We should just, <laughs> you, sh- you know, you should check in every now and then and just, you know, come in with whatever you got. We'll take what you got. And then you can go back into your hiding <laughs> and and well, send send me uh your uh criticism of Kevin Isles uh shilling for the UFC. <laughs> oh, they're, they're hilarious, aren't they? Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's I had to come back because this is a perfect encapsulation of the stupidity of boxing that they're going to scrap this fight over a test that's really meaningless. Well, and it is. Yeah. Um Paul, I almost called you by the name you don't like to be called. Um, That's all right. <laughs> Phil? <laughs> no, his username. He has a oh. little short username that he created when he was eight years old. Still and, 
and he still uses it, but he, he, he cringes when people call him that, but he uses it because I don't know, because he wants to be called that, I guess. Uh, so, um, we'll be back, uh, in a couple of days. Um, I'll be back with the, the daily podcast later on tonight and thanks for listening. Money little